Say that shit that I that I can't say, nah. And D, now I mean, he he spoke his shit from day one. You could tell he was walking and shit. He was talking. Exactly. So that's why I loved him, man. Exactly. And, and, and check this out. I got Serato. I was in the crib the other day. DMX. So crazy, man. And he came in, he called my shit. Uh, I just do right here, man. Was the first time you guys actually met the Yeah, in person. No, we, yeah. Yo, yo, we, we met briefly at the Apollo, but it was That's on right. some, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, After I all these years. Where he was going that way. I just grabbed him, gave him yeah. all that. I was like, D, you a wild yeah. boy. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you remember that shit. I gave him all that. I was like, yo, D, you was a wild boy. You're a beast on that shit. Still the same, yo. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like 20, 30 years, man. Still look the same, yo. I want to start this off first off by uh, giving a big strong sh shout to DMX, prayers out to DMX, a lot of love out to DMX, a lot of positive thoughts out to DMX and even more prayers out to DMX. Everything positive 
going out to the good brother Dark Man X. You know, um, the whole hip hop world knows what's happening. Those outside the hip hop world knows what's happening. And um, I just really, 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 really uh, like everybody else. I want to see Dog pull through. So, you know, much love to Earl Simmons and uh, a lot of positivity. I think he's going to be all right. You know, um, and uh, yo, shout out to Dom. Dom sent me this video of uh, of DMX meeting Rakim and the shit. Like, uh, it choked me up, man. Like, it had me, uh, it had me starting to uh, tear up a little bit, you know, because when I look at him, I see such a such a hip hop fan. You know what I mean? I see so much of myself in in in, in his character. And I mean that's how I feel about most a lot of MCs. You know what I mean? Most MCs, I I, I really, I see. I think we all see ourselves in 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 uh in a lot of other MCs that we look up to. Because I definitely think he's uh top ten for sure. DMX is very dope to me. Um, man. So yeah, shout out to Dog. And it it just had me. I don't know, man. It just has me thinking a little bit about um. Man, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy, man. Yup. So, okay, so rolling along with it, right? Man, rolling right along, you know. Um, happy Easter, too, you know. That's going on, too. I don't, uh, I don't have uh, family to celebrate Easter. I've got a sister, but you know what I mean? We, what are we going to do? Do an Easter egg hunt and shit? You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know. No offense to Easter egg hunts or Easter, but you know, when you don't have family, you really don't uh, even know that these are holidays coming up. I was like, oh shit, Easter's today, okay. Let's go Easter, you know, hard boiled like two eggs. Yada, and then uh, that's that. <laughs> and here I am wishing you happy Easter. <laughs> that's the extent of my Easter, man. Yeah, so look, I'm checking on, uh, I'm checking on my, um, Instagram to see what questions you guys asked that I said I would answer. Let's see which ones, which ones, uh, which ones we're gonna hit up. Um, all right, so CEO Suge Knight, right? This is my homeboy from, met him up in Middletown, New York, when me and Kamu were living up there. Um, he uh, he did where my dogs at, where my dogs at CD with Mondi, right? So he said he had a question. He said he want, he's actually been in the apartment he's talking about. That video where it says, Camus, thank you for the memories. That's the apartment he's talking about where Camus got on the cowboy boots and, and he's doing vocals. And Mondi's, you can't really see Mondi because the, you know, but anyway, um, I want to know how much rent the one bedroom kitchen was per month. I want to know how many pages of the source <laughs> were used as TP in that location. Mondi wants to know, yo, we paid 500 bucks for that place, man. And the fucked up part, I don't think he was at, ever came to the house after that that me and Camus got. But yo, the the fucked up part was, it was a, um, it was an efficiency, and I don't know. You might have to be from the East Coast to know what an efficiency is. It's a very small apartment. It's basically a closet. So uh, it's a, it was an efficiency, and it had, it was split up at that. So she was, she was cutting an efficiency in half and renting out both sides, whereas it should have just been one spot, right? So you couldn't see Mondi in that video because. There's a little fake you out hallway that used to exist, but now it's got a fucking wall and that's where the NPC was at. So he was kind of like around a little fake you out hallway. Anyway, 500 bucks. That's your answer. 
<laughs> Yo, here's the, here, here's the kicker though, right? Me and Camus got evicted because we were, okay, so we were working at Dial America at the time. That's not why we got evicted, but we were working at Dial America, right? That's why if you listen to Blair Cosby, if you listen to uh, Ready for War, <laughs> hold on, yo. I'm gonna play it for y'all, fuck it, hold up. I mean, I might as well, right? I got this shit all set up right now. I'm gonna play it just so y'all can see, man. This shit's so fucking stupid, man. The lyrics reflect a lot of, uh, like, the fact that we're working at Dial America. Uh, so basically, let me, got, let me not get sidetracked before I play this shit for y'all, though, because this shit is very stupid. Um, I'm not playing that shit. Y'all play it yourselves. Um, I'm trying to hear that shit. Uh, we were working at Dial America, right? We were out there trying to do the rap shit, right? I remember one time LP was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, he's trying to get us to come out to Brooklyn or some shit for some show or some big, some dope shit, right? And me and Moo were like, yo, we can't go. I can't, I can't go. I work tomorrow. You know, I got to go to work at Dollar America. He's like, yo, you, you cats, he's like, you cats have a, you cats have a name. I don't know why you guys are working this job. And I'm like, cause we, cause we owe this old bitch $500 on the 30th. But, uh. It was 500 bucks. She evicted us because she got caught splitting the efficiency in two. So the, the state or whatever the fuck, the city, uh, told her, you know, you can't rent this shit out. So she's trying to evict us and shit. I hurried up and emptied out all the shit into my Ford Explorer I had at the time. And me and Kamut bailed out. And then the funny part is we're driving up the one street, dodging her right to come pick up rent or whatever the fuck in the deposit. And while we're, while we're leaving, like we're driving and I see her in her fucking Mercedes wagon. <laughs> and like, we're I'm like trying to slow down the pace and shit. It was like that one part, that one scene in, uh, in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off at the end when Ferris is trying to get home before his parents do and shit and his dad sees him. Yeah, shit was stupid though, 500 bucks, boom. All right, what else? What else do we have question-wise, man? Mondi, <laughs> shout out to Mondi, man. Yo, I got Mondi, uh, Mondi did beats on the High Exalted too. Uh, yeah, all right, man. I mean, look, shout out to Caddy Ron. I know some people wanted to know um, some of the Caddy Ron, uh, like a Caddy Ron story or whatever. Like, when I, I don't have a whole bunch of Caddy Ron stories. Here's what I'll tell you about Caddy Ron, right? Caddy Ron was a great dude, such a great dude that I was taking fucking forever, right? I was taking so, it was like two years I took to get him his verse, right? I, I like, like, I, like when I do shit like that, it's not on purpose. It's like, I'll straight up just like forget if motherfuckers don't remind me. It's never intentional. So with that said, if I owe you a verse, please hit me up and I'll get it, you know, to you. But uh, so like I was, I was living out in uh, California at the time and I was bullshitting on the verse. It's taking so fucking long, man. And Caddy was feeling some type of way, and rightfully so. So um, I hit him up, and we figured it out. And then I went to the studio. <laughs> I went to the studio to drop the verse. And Caddy never showed up. But I still dropped the verse, though. But uh, to me, that, that spoke. That was all, to me, that was awesome because for real, for real, he had a right to be mad. And I think Homeboy was mad. You know what I mean? But the funny thing is that he was real cool to smooth it all out. And then uh, the, the other funny part is that he fucked around and didn't show up to the studio session. I was in that bitch for like two hours. <laughs> was much love to Caddy Ron, man. That's a legend. I mean, man, bro, that's a legend, bro. Yeah, that's a legend, bro. I remember seeing Caddy Ron. I remember uh, seeing, him, seeing that motherfucker demolish people in battles, man. 
I mean, I've seen him do such legendary shit, man, because he didn't give a fuck. He's, yeah, he's raw, man. He was a raw MC, man. So much love to Caddy Ron. Much love to Lush One. Uh, much love to uh, motherfucking Caustic. Much love to Dirtbag Dan, Disaster, Cena. Shout out to you. I mean, man, there's a lot of, I really, I, I love living out in the Bay Area, man. The Bay was dope. I, I miss it, man. I heard, I lived out in San Leandro and I lived in Alameda. I went out there after my mom passed away to house it, right? When I went out there, I didn't want to come back. When I went out there also, um, the house that I was, the house that I was staying at, unbeknownst to me, one of my homies who's a producer and an engineer from Cleveland that I met through King Dom, shout out to Dom, uh, named Rob Stern, he was staying there too. So I was like, yo, there's a studio in the back because the owner of the house was a, uh, was a was a was a musician and him and his wife lived overseas in uh motherfucking uh where's the place where the weed first was legal and everyone thought it was a big deal i'm fried because i can't even think of this amsterdam they lived in amsterdam so um yeah that's where i recorded high uh the life and times of peter nelson at, at that studio i only recorded one song in, in columbus and that was don't kill me that was with the intellect that was the first song that was right around i think right around yeah of course that was right course after my mom had passed so I really wasn't trying to be here it was too depressing I went out there and uh and then I ended up moving back here because my grandma got cancer and shit her cancer came back from remission rest in peace and then I moved back here to, to handle that and then I just stayed here so I just been here since but um shout out to everybody in the bay man uh, DJ True Justice a lot of people man so yeah let me see this list this is a lot more fun for me when I have like a beer or two, you know. I don't think any place is open right now on Easter. But, uh, damn, no, I really do wish. I do wish. Hold up. Let me see what I could do. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So what the fuck else, man? What else? 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 Power by Ernie and Blair Cosby. That shit started out. There's a lot of. There's a lot more characters than just that. Um, there's Jakai has a bunch of characters. Sad Dad. There's a lot of shit. Uh, Jakai's cousin was in the bag. Phase five. No pref less. Duckler. Cutler. The thing is, there's multiple characters for each person. So. The only reason that people latched on the power bar Ernie, that was just like one of many. There's like Hulk Reagan. There's the, the white tonsil neck or the white tonsil neck Larry mixed with Sammy Davis Jr. That's one of the characters, one of my characters. There's a lot of them. But um, we posted power bar on Cage vs. Alex back in the day and people gravitated towards it because it was so goddamn stupid. And basically that was... Um, that was, in the beginning, that was how I was learning to use my equipment, was making stupid shit real quick. Because I had just got my MPC 2000 in 98. Before that, I had a Gemini DJ sampler, which I don't know if any of y'all know what that is, but that's where it's, it's basically essentially a mixer. And it just so happens to have a fucking button where when you hit the button, you got 12 seconds of fucking sampling time. But the catch is, You've got to make sure you hit the loop right where it starts and right where it ends. But that's how I got really good at learning how to sample shit on snares and finding loops in weird places. So, so 
We had two of those in the beginning. We had one that we would have the loop running. I had one of those samplers. Camus had one of those samplers. I ordered it, mine from the back of uh, the source from downtown rec or downstairs records in Brooklyn, right? We're fucking pasta news. If you listen to Jennifer O'Jenny, he goes downstairs is where we met. I bought records, she cassettes. You know what I mean? Jennifer O'Jenny, woo! And then, uh, so I had one of those samplers and I would let the loop, we'd let the loop roll on one. Then on the other one, we'd have like a break beat, right? Or if we felt like we could, we could, we could do it, we'd sample a kick. Keep in mind, you can't EQ this shit or nothing. I mean, you're getting just, the kick don't even sound like, it doesn't even have impact. The kick is just, it's just, that sounds like a Dixie cup. <clears throat> and then you could get a snare if you want. Then you can get a hi-hat and then you could, you could try to, you could try to hurry up and go. But if you do it too fast and the fucking, uh, the freeze, the motherfucking, the thing that you're hitting the drums on freezes up and then you fuck up the whole operation. So anyway, once I got my MPC in 98 with my first Fondalum Records check, part of it, uh, I went to uh, Sam Ash. Oh yeah, and I took the money from this settlement because this fucking Krispy Kreme truck backed up into my Mercury Lynx that my sister just gave me when I pulled up into this grave site to back up. <laughs> that's a lengthy, that's a, that's a stupid little anecdote, but yeah. Yup, so yep, got the motherfucking MPC 2000. Um, was learning how to use it. If you like, like, like widespread was one of the early beats I did on my MPC. I picked it up pretty quick. I just wanted to fuck with it, like learn how to use it. And I was really ad addicted to the fact that I could make music and record in the comfort of my own bedroom. And I was so used to every time I go to the studio, you know what I mean? Like the studio was like a real treat, right? Like we'd go to the studio on Saturday morning, all the megahertz and we would go record and it was like eight of us. This is when megahertz was like eight deep. We would go to DJ Prime's crib, shout out Prime. We'd go out to his crib and uh, we'd record, but we would have it all mapped out. So we didn't have time to bullshit. It was basically like, all right, you go get your, you get your verse in for this song. It was econo rap. You do your verse, you do your verse. All right, y'all got your shit ready? All right, cool. We're gonna be in and out like a robbery in the studio. We gotta hurry up. You gotta knock your shit out one or two, you know, four takes, da 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 da, -da keep it moving. It was like that. So once I had my own little setup at the crib, I was real happy because I was like, oh man, I could completely abuse my power of making music. I could completely make bullshit. Like, I don't have to make sure this shit is tight right now, <laughs> like I usually do. I don't have to make sure this shit is dope. In fact, I wanna make this, I need to, I wanna make some bullshit. Like I wanna make it so bad that if somebody were to hear it and didn't know what it was, they'd be like, ugh, what, what is that? You know what I mean? I wanted to make it horrible, which that's really what Power Bar, I, that's Power Bar and Bag Phase 5 is, is to do the shit that should not be done in rat, horrible shit, trash shit, saying the worst, dumbest shit. It's just that, man, it's just that. So basically it was me learning how to use my equipment. It was practice runs. And then it was us like uh, making joke shit to, enter, to, to make each other laugh. Because a lot of that shit is either inside jokes, a lot of it's inside jokes, or it's uh, absurd shit, or it's like uh, parody shit. You know, if you know, you know, and if you get it, you get it. But that's what that is. Um, yeah. So if you also to backtrack to the thing about if you listen to some of the Blair Cosby shit, if you listen to the song Ready for War, he talks about Camus talking about Dial America. Hold up, man. Fuck that shit. I'm about to play that shit. Ready for war. Ready for war. Ready for war. 
So that's that. All right. So what's another question? Hold up. What's another question? As I roll this motherfucking weed, though. How's everybody's day going? How's your day popping? How's your day going? How's your weekend going? How's your life going? How's your balancing act going? How's your juggling act going? How's your tricycle wheels? Huh? Let me see what the fuck this is. Uh. Eastern Conference days, weatherman beginnings. Man, I did that on the last one, I think. All right, but fuck it, I'll do it again. Why not, right? All right, so, uh, man, basically, it was Cage and I's idea to form a crew and um, have it diverse so it could attract more fans, right? So, um, already it was a given that we would put megahertz in it because that's a kind of a package when I, oh shit, I gotta stop this thing because the weed guy's here, hold on.
shit be ironic. Our verse so ungodly still could give me a profit. Out of church, hold my body and admit me to hospice. Exorcist loosely based on my life, you can't get me to watch it. Below listed are options, nothing's written, just some pictures of coffins. Shut up, getting mission accomplished. Wishing to stop us, wishing one hand, shit in your left, and let me know which feels first. I'm kidding, I promise. While I'm tripping, sipping the tonic, getting demonic. Buck wild, catch a big L, those are two different abonics. Gats click, can't harm me, no wind to your logic. Your ass is and sorry, no Indian comic. Give me the wallet, pine all the shine I can, mister. Outside your van, on all sides like Ann Fisher. The camp crystal leg shapeshifter makes Hitler look like Dorothy Mantu. Dorothy Mantu Mr. A Gemini like Kendrick Lamar, who was destined to be a legend like Hendrix Guitar. So much passing and inhaling, might need an asthma inhaling. With well written, you Mel Gibson lack the passion to nail it. You more than pansy, so before the battle, we're more than antsy. Screaming throughout your bars like I'm Gordon Ramsay. Riddle me this, my riddling just peaked. I'ma knock you clear from here to the middle of next week. Copyright, right, right, right. Rocking or we rolling? Oh shit, my cat, my cat played that accidentally. My bad. So yeah, um, uh, what was the fuck was I saying? Something about uh, something, right? Yeah. So hold on, let me go down this list real quick. See what we have remaining and shit. Let's see what's happening right here. Yada da 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 da. You know what it is. Yada da 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 da. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Alright, let's go. What else is happening here, man? Um, somebody said, oh shit, okay, here's a good one. Somebody asked about what was the process behind June. Uh, so, alright, the process behind June was RJ had the beat already, right? I think that was like one of the first few beats that he had made. Um, apple juice. And um, it was all laid out. It was already like uh, in song steps, like the way that it had those drums in the beginning for the eight bars, it, 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 the way it is instrumentally is the way it was when I heard it. So basically it made sense to me to only rap. The shit was so amazing, right? The fact that RJ, cause I mean, you have to understand that's like probably check with RJ, but that's like the third or fourth or fifth beat he made. <clears throat> you know what I mean? He wasn't, he, he started like really, really, really advanced. Like I asked him one time, how do you match up all these loops? He said, I know how to play uh, guitar. So I just, I play guitar to get him in tune. I said, ah, but uh, also he, had, he uh, majored in mathematics in college. So, I mean, we're talking about a super really smart person. Either way you slice it, when I got June, the fucking beat was done the way it was. And it made sense for me not to try to rap and fight over all the different loops and all the musicalities of it, because the musical part was really dope and really impressive. Like, you can't, like, rap into a lot of shit going on is not the move, man. You gotta shut, shut the fuck up and let the music work, you know? Like, too many times people try to, people fight the music instead of letting the music shine. Like, you gotta treat the, sh you gotta treat the music, when they say compliment something, right? 
They mean let that shit shine. So if the music was your friend, would you be rapping all over your fucking friend while he's trying to do his parts? No, I hope you wouldn't. Uh, so you'd shut the fuck up and let the music shine, right? So that's what I did. I rapped to the parts with the drums. The beginning part, it just sounded like, and plus, some shit don't sound like you should rap to it. The rest of that shit didn't sound like I should be rapping to it. It was too much going, it, it like, dog, I don't, I'm not rapping to no drums like that. Like, that's some old nature uh, granola bar rap shit, if you're going to rap to all that shit. So I, sh I shut the fuck up and let the music rock. Let the music shine. Let the music say its verse. Because the, cause there's a lot of emotions in that shit. There's a lot of emotions in June uh, on the instrumental tip. Like if you listen to when I shut up to when the music starts going into its own thing, it gets it gets it gets like sad. Then it gets strong again. Then it gets sad again. So it's almost like it's me getting sad. Then like finding my inner strength then realizing at the end of the day, the motherfucker's dead. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah. June was a blessing, though, for real, because a lot of people connect with June and a lot of people. Yeah, I got a fucked up sense of humor. I, my dad's just <laughs> just because I joke about him being dead doesn't mean that I love him. Yo, that's funny. I got to clarify because my sense of humor is wild. And I know some people can't fathom that somebody could find it so easy to make jokes about uh, deceased people. Maggot food, for lack of a better. I like to call them Hallmark card savers because I save so much money. Yearly, mom love you and all that, but man, the cash I save on a on a on a on a Christmas level, birthdays, come on, baby, Mother's Day, love you, but see ya. It's like that's fucked up, but that's how good my sense of humor is. All right, so what we're gonna do now? Yo, I like June a lot. June is my shit because a lot of people said it helped them out through um, suicidal moments in their life, and to me. Back when I was younger, I used to think that the greatest height an MC could do is make a bunch of incredible metaphors that nobody said before or thought of. But then once I started getting like, uh, once, I, once I started getting feedback from June about people that had gone through really tough times and it had used the song to help them get through it, it showed me that that's what music's about and that's what art is about. And it's really about connecting with people and letting them know that it's as alone as they may literally be and feel, they're not because somebody's been through that, you know, and when somebody talks about it the way that they feel and you hit the hammer on the nail, that's when you feel hope, you know, because you see that that person's moved on enough to the point to express it and that they've gone on to do other things. And you feel like, well, hey, maybe there's uh, maybe there's light for me at the end of the tunnel. So I love June to death, man. I'm so glad that RJ, uh, you know, uh, gave me the opportunity to rap on that beat because that shit really. I mean, I think that's my favorite song. That's the first time that I ever opened up about a real life topic. You know, that's the first time that I talked about um, uh, the death of my, 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 my dad. You know, like I was really, 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 really searching, soul searching on that track. Like at first, when I first heard the beat, I remember I got the beat uh, at RJ's crib. Like he had this uh, attic and shit where his sister, where his, all his shit was at when he started making beats. And, uh, I went over there. I think he played me some beats, and that was one of the ones that I picked. I was like, yeah, man, for sure, that one. And um, I originally had these verses, like some like random stock-free verses, like about a female that I had been dating or some old shit, like some old heartbreak bullshit. And at first, was I was going to put them those two verses to it because those were eight-bar verses as well because it, it was a megahertz song with me and Camus. So my verses were eight bars. I think it was called Ode to the Opposite Sex. Uh, Prime, you probably still have the song and shit. Deadass, you probably still have that song with that uh, Jack McDuff sample. 
that Camus produced. We did it at your crib. Anyway, uh, shout out Prime again. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad that I read that I looked I looked a little deep and I, I wrote about some shit that was, I guess was bothering me that I didn't even realize. But that was the death of my father at the time because it was pretty new at that time. It was like the same year. Like when I got the news that my dad had passed away, I remember like yesterday. I was sitting on the couch at 60 Cotteroo Drive and my uncle Bob called and I was listening to OC Word Life. The song that was playing was OC's Point of Views. He called me crying and told me and that song is still like oddly my shit for that reason. I feel like I have a real personal relationship with the song Point of Views by OC because, uh, because of that moment. Clapping off the arm So I just stick with the groove And take your mind out 
the odds Cause my purpose on the mic is to defeat all the frauds And make a make a man move, I won't pop On the planet to drop juice, I won't pop Interpretating pain into news Giving OC point of views Yo, I'm here to make mad moves, I won't pop On the planet to drop news, I won't pop Interpretating pain into news Giving OC point of views Yo, I'm here to make mad moves, I won't pop On the planet to drop news, I won't pop Interpretating pain into news Giving OC point of views Check them out Yeah, ooh, ouch Yeah you know what I mean? Rest in peace, Peter James Nelson. Shout out to anybody else who's lost a parent, lost two parents. I just wanted to play it, man, so you could get a feel for the vibe. You know what I mean? So let's see what other questions we have. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, All right, so like, um, shout out to Merck Jones. Merck Jones was saying um, a breakdown of how Ohio is a mixture of a bunch of cultures and how it relates to rap. Uh, that's that's a big question, man. I don't know if I can answer all that right now. Basically, we don't have our own sound. Even though we created the funk, even though, like, you know what I mean? Historically, we created the funk. We don't have our own sound with rap. But that's fine. Because a lot of rappers are from the fucking biggest cities in the area and they don't have their own sound so it's, i think it's all about the individual man i've got my own sound so i ain't really tripping um do copyright tunes i just played one it's my cat played one a second ago accidentally mental health man that's a loaded question i deal with um i'm bipolar and i uh suffer from depression but my depression isn't low my, my bipolar is a rapid cycle uh version of it so my lows aren't that low thank god my highs, my mania, my mania can get up there. Um, I'm currently, like, I've, I've tried Wellbutrin before. I've tried Stratera before. I've tried, um, I've been on, well, I shouldn't say try. I should say been on because I gave it a chance to work and let it do what it was doing and figured out if I liked it, decided if I liked how it was making me feel. So I've tried Stratera. Well, I've been on Stratera. I've been on Wellbutrin. I've been on Lithium. I've been on uh, Wellbutrin. I already said that. I've been on... Uh, What's someone thing's called? Um, Selexa. And I really don't like, I don't know, there's pros and cons to them. I feel like it kills my creativity. I feel like it also can balance me out in terms of some of the more irrational decisions I can make. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's all about the individual. Mental health is a bitch though, man. You know, because you can't turn that shit off and on. I've I've kind of learned to tell myself that um, when I get in my head too much, I just do shit to get out of my head. I'll start rapping. I'll start doing shit. I'll just get down, do ten push-ups. I guarantee you, if you do, if you start busting out push-ups, you're not going to be thinking about some sh bullshit in your head, overthinking some shit. You're going to be thinking, damn. You're going to be thinking subconscious push-up thoughts like, damn, this shit's tough. I remember when this used to be easier. Oh, shit, I got to get up. Damn, my arms feel weak. Oh, well, though, I'm starting to, this, I know this is good for me. You know what I mean? You'll be thinking shit like that. So there's ways around mental. There's, there's like, band-aids to it. There's definitely not a fix, though, unfortunately. Um, I don't feel like talking about that right now. That's kind of depressing right now. Oh, uh, shit, man. <laughs> I'm just going down this, this list that y'all left and shit. 
man. All right, so Michael Cobbs said, do I have any stories behind the creation and process of creating table scraps or, or high exalted? So table scraps basically, not basically, table scraps um, is our demo. Table scraps is the songs that we sent to Bobito originally, like, like we sent to Kryptonite, Camus, World Premiere, uh, The Funnel, um, I don't remember what else, but we sent them like five or four songs and shit. And those are, that's what's on table scraps. And then the other shit on table scraps is like, like, um, our first few releases on vinyl, like the always bigger and better vinyl shit. Um, shout out to Benny B, the compilation that's on, uh, ABB records, that shit right there this year, the one that Camus produced, um, and me and Tage and, uh, shout out Tage, my bro. And me, Tage, and Camus rhyming on it. That's on, that came out on vinyl. Like basically, and I came up with the title Table Scraps because it was turntable scraps. It was like all the shit that we had dropped on wax that was just kind of here and there. You know what I mean? Like uh, Rocket Science is on that bitch. So that's kind of our demo, but I, I, I really like, people really love that shit. And I, 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 I appreciate that. I mean, I'm not the only one responsible for the music on it, but I put the track listing together. I'm sure that the other cats in megahertz would agree that they're appreciative of it because i didn't expect that shit to get that response that it got you know what i mean that's like that's the most that's just demos that's crazy that's that's crazy but i mean i love that shit too i mean shit i'm the i'm i made it's the music we were making of course i love the shit so i love that shit to death high exalted that came out at a time where i was uh i was i, I was a little more seasoned i knew a little bit more about being in the studio um, I was, uh, I wasn't used to doing solo shit, but I adjusted pretty quick, you know, I adjusted pretty quick, turn this fucking mic up, it seems like I need to, right, what else we got, all right, what else, 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 man, there's a lot of stories, I was really on a lot of molly behind, somebody asked me, do I have any Michael Cobb said, do I have any uh, stories behind a creative process behind Life and Times or any stories behind creating any song on the album? I'll tell you what, I was on Molly really like the whole album of Life and Times for real. Like I said, my mom had just passed and I, I was basically searching for happiness. And if that meant taking this drug, then so be it. So I was doing a lot of that. But um, um, I remember me in Asia, me and Planet Asia, shout out Planet Asia. We linked up for the first time and shit. And we went to uh we went to the bay to grab some weed because um I had this cat that owed me a big a bunch of weed, right? So I went out to the bay and we we it was in the tenderloin, right? So this is like basically the first time me and PA kicked it. So we're listening to music and shit. We're just chopping it up, you know what I mean? The whole time there and shit. We get there, it's the TL, we go up in the, the cat's crib, we go get the weed, we go back to uh San Leandro. And back to the studio that I was talking about before, and we just roll up. And also, I, before this, I, I basically took a break from smoking weed for fuck, for whatever reason. I think I was trying to, like, be super focused on my sophomore album. And I was like, I'm not going to smoke weed because I want to be, you know, the best me I could be, which the best me I could be is when I'm high. And uh, so, like, uh, we're smoking, and this shit's fucking me up. This is the song, that, this is the night that we did Big Business, which ended up being on me and Planet Asia's album on on Tough Kong Records, Tough Gong Records. 
And then uh, shout out Tough Gong. And uh, also the song, the, the, the Crisis beat that we did that's on Life and Time. So that's the same night that we did both these joints. Man, I was fucked up. I was on the, I was basically at the end of the night, I had to sleep upstairs in the studio alone and shit. Like I crashed out on the floor. So, I mean, there's that. But uh, well, I guess you kind of had to be there. What else you got? What other questions you have? I really want to go to sleep, man. I mean... Oh, shit, okay. So, my man Houston Film Fanatics, he said he's curious how I discovered Houston rap and how I got into it. Since he, since he heard me mention K. Reno, Gangster Nip, Scarface, and more from down there. Uh, and did I ever feel like... Uh, it was an issue being white in the rap game. Nobody hated on me for that. Uh, he asked me. Um, so, like, check it. Turn this motherfucking shit up, man. Where we at? Boom. All right. So, growing up in Ohio, we, we're in the middle of everything, right? So, I, I grew up listening to all type of rap. I never really... When I first discovered hip-hop, it was like 88, and I was living in uh, Florida, Coral Springs. So, I was... Uh, I got into like the uh, everything from the Fat Boys to uh, GJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which is which is Philly, to uh, um, Dela, which is New York. Then then when I moved to um, Ohio, there was like um, I heard I forget how I heard the Ghetto Boys, man. I think it was just like probably Jakai's cousin and them are at Jakai's crib. I guarantee, yup, that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. Because we used to wild out to do it like a geo. We used to get all hype and shit and wild out. Um, so, yup, that was it. But um, it was gangster of love and hearing songs like that. Like, it was hearing Scarface, really. It was, I mean, the whole shit, but, but Scarface was the one that could really rap, who got me hooked. Because I really, I only liked rappers who could rap. There was something about, I could, oh, I could always tell when a rapper could rap. You know, like I could always, I got burnt on buying the Tone Loke album when I was real young. And after that, I was like, man, that motherfucker can't even rap. Like, in my mind, his shit didn't sound like an animated cartoon. It didn't sound like a fun adventure. It didn't captivate my mind. Basically, it was like a boring fucking piece of shit, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But uh, this shit was whack, man. And I learned quick, like, because I've been drawing you for, you may, like, I draw cartoons. I've been a cartoonist since I was four years old, and I'm really good. So... I've already had a high threshold of quality. Like I was already like on like a advanced level of drawing. So when I looked at I looked at art like it has to be to a certain level or else I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. So um Yeah, man. Um Scarface I could tell could rap, you know. It was songs like Seek and Destroy that was on. Now, don't get me wrong, like I know the Ghetto Boys history. I know that the first Ghetto Boys was Prince Johnny C, uh Reddy Rock, Bushwick was a dancer. And there may have been somebody else in it. And I know that, that you know, that the that uh, do it like there's a version of do it like a geo with Prince Johnny C on it, you know, and I became a I became a really avid rap a lot fan. Like anything that came out on rap a lot, I would buy it. There was a flea market out here, the Livingston Avenue flea market. And I bought everything. I mean, I had the the baby ghetto boys suck, but I had it. Choice was eh, but I had it. Willie D controversy. I fuck with it still to this day. I got it. And I and I had it. <laughs> uh I had little big man. I fucking rode my bike on a freeway to go cop little big man. 
Bushwick solo debut. Like I, I had all that shit. You can't really tell me not. Like I said, Kane Reno, um, the terrorists, uh, you know, uh, convicts, uh, three two, you know, uh, uh, motherfucking big mellow, you know. Uh, I had all that shit, man. Can't. I mean, I really. I'm a really, really, really hardcore rap nerd, man. I know my shit. If it's one thing I fucking know the ins and outs of, it's this goddamn rap culture that I love. So, yeah, man. Um, I remember who was the rapper that was um, that was trying to that was dissing Big Daddy Kane and everybody. Raheem, Raheem the Invincible. Yeah, Raheem the Invincible. Yeah. Yo, matter of fact.
Cut that. Um, that's my, that's Raheem. My cat uh, is a DJ on the side. That's Raheem the Invincible. He basically dissed everybody, and I don't think anybody heard it to respond. They didn't know what it was or who. <laughs> they never heard the shit. Just like you probably never heard the shit. It's like real under underground Houston hip hop. But uh, I think I'm gonna wrap this uh, shindig up here that we got going on. I really appreciate anybody who tuned in. Um, happy Easter. I threw some music in there. Uh, yeah. Dreams. I guess you could say I cheated because the music ate up some of the Lots time. But what the fuck is this? this? You know, world? I'm not getting paid for this. This is not a, this is not a, uh, NBC something that shindig. I want to show This is you not HBO outside. yet. Okay, let's just say that. I get my jacket right. on. So, uh, salute everybody who tuned into it. I for real love y'all. This is a heavy day for me. Um, holidays are kind of a heavy day like for me. I love y'all for real. You. I appreciate you. Uh, everybody who's going through the same shit. Anybody who has, uh, like, has lost major members of their family. Like, I, I think most me. people know. I don't have my, my mother or my father. Uh, it's right basically just here. me and my sister, and, and that's my dog, but, you know, you it's nothing like when you lose your parents, you know? Program. And holidays kind of accent you know, the that, and they kind of make you realize just what. And the streets what. and the cars that you see they at kind the beginning of, uh, of our Nothing program. highlights the fact that you have well, no family except for uh, holidays, so, yeah, I love y'all, salute, shout out, I'm gonna go smoke some weed, write some shit, maybe record some bag face shit, who knows, man, the possibilities are endless. And your possibilities are endless. You know, you go outside. I want you to go out, get some sun, hang out with your family, eat some deviled eggs, 
And that's Play some Nintendo. Mac the sky's the limit, house, baby. Right you can do whatever you want. You know, it's a wonderful house. world. It's a beautiful such life. A and you know what? To be truthful with You're people. in control of yours. Have a good day. Thank it's you for tuning into this marvelous bullshit. And uh, to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up, ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that we're friends. You always make each day a special day for me. You know how, don't you? By just your being yourself. There's only one person in the whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye.